0: What is up? I'm Jessica LaRon, post-abuse dating coach, mom of girls, and as my daughters would say, a total baddie. I help women balance dating and parenting while being intentional about healing from abuse. This podcast is all about breaking cycles and building bonds. As moms, all we want is for our daughters to avoid the struggles that we had to endure. But truth be told, they learn how to show up and interact with the world by watching how we show up and interact with the world. So if you want them to have better and be better, you yourself have to do better and be better. Healing is not always cute, but I promise you it's always worth it. So watch out world because we are healing and we are dating after abuse. Yo, what is up? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am excited about this episode. Um I've had this conversation with a couple of people and it just needs to be said. Somebody got to say it. Um But this has been a crazy couple of weeks for me lot going on and I don't you guys may not know this I may I may not have mentioned this I have something called PMDD It is a ghetto ass hormone issue it's kind of like PMS but on crack (laughs) what happens is that my brain can't process the hormonal fluctuation the normal hormonal fluctuation when I'm ovulating and you know everything that's happening in this ghetto female body um And it just goes crazy. So 14 days out of the month, I feel like I can't concentrate. I can't focus. I can't. My brain doesn't work as fast as it usually does. So a task that may take me 30 minutes. I remember being at work. A task that would take me 30 minutes may take me an hour, hour and a half. Um, I would have to constantly get up and just kind of recalibrate. I feel depressed and irrational. And hopeless sometimes and just all these months, sometimes even suicidal, like half the month. So I'm really some months are good. I've integrated birth control into my experience and just a couple of the different things like maca root powder and things that I am experimenting with to see if they help. Because 14 days is a lot. I am naturally upbeat. I'm naturally popping. I be lit. So to not be myself for that long is even more depressing So yeah, it's been, my hormones have been kind of up and down lately. So I've been trying to push through and get stuff done. So I say that because when I'm recording this, it is April, April is PMDD awareness month. A lot of people don't even know it. A lot of people don't realize that they are, a lot of women don't realize that that's what they are experiencing. So for me, it started when I, like right after I had my youngest daughter, um, This depression would just come out of nowhere. So for the first couple of months, I thought I had postpartum depression, but it lasted way longer and it would go away and it would come back. And I didn't think much of it. I'm just like, it would be random and you forget about it. (laughs) And so I'm like, man, I'm going crazy. Like, I feel crazy. I just feel crazy. And you don't want to tell people you feel crazy because it's not we don't live in a space where that kind of stuff is acceptable. It's not safe to talk about that. And people just don't create space for people uh, to talk about their mental health issues especially those people who don't experience mental health issues. So, yeah, I would feel crazy, feel crazy, feel crazy, didn't feel okay, And then back to feeling crazy. And I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't figure out what was happening until about three years ago. So five years of not realizing what was going on. And then finally reading an article about PMDD. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God that's what I had. This is it. <laughs> and awareness and understanding and knowledge is everything. Like at that moment, I'm like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Cause I always struggle with the stigma of being labeled as something. My mother had a bunch of mental health issues. My siblings have mental health issues, anxiety and depression and all kinds of stuff. And I just didn't want to be associated with that. So I, <laughs> you know, like, we're not, we not going our So, but having that label was like, yes, like, uh, some answers. And I started tracking my symptoms every month and it came back around the same time every month and it stopped at the same time. And I'm like, yeah. So if you are experiencing anything like that, I would um, encourage you to look up PMDD just to know, just to have an answer to why you feel so fucked up at times is life changing. So that is my PMDD commercial. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Today's episode is the five things we need to stop saying to our daughters. We need to just cut this shit out because it's toxic. It's not helpful. We, we just are, we're doing things because other people have done them. So I was listening to somebody talk about this story of this woman who, watched her mom cook a turkey and the mom would cut it in half and put it in the the roasting pan she's like hey mom why why do you do that and she was like oh well that's how my mom did it so she went to grandma and said hey grandma why did you um why do you cut your turkey in a roasting you know why do you cut the turkey i've never seen that she's like oh well that's the way my mom did it she went and asked great-grandma great-grandma was like oh i did that because we only had one roasting pan and it couldn't fit a whole turkey So these people are cutting this turkey, wasting turkey based on something that they're no longer experiencing. It's like it's like you are reliving trauma or poverty or things that don't actually exist. You don't ask the question, so you don't know why you're doing it. You just watch what somebody else does and do it. So these things that I'm about to address are things that we just constantly recycle they were never effective. They were actually harmful. They were harmful to us. And instead of questioning them, we just passed that down to our daughters. And we got to stop that shit. So number one, the first thing you need to stop saying to your daughter, because I said so. And this can go for other parents, too. But I can only talk to moms of girls because I have girls. But I think in general, we have to stop saying this. But because I said so. This is toxic. This does not encourage clear communication, nor does it harness a safe space for respect. I hear a lot of moms talking about respect and how their daughters need to respect them. That's not worthy of respect. Respect is not something that is just given. You earn respect. You have to be Respectable. To say because I said so is disrespectful to your child because you don't feel like they deserve an explanation. They're communicating. They're asking a question. That means they want to know. They're exploring. That's how humans evolve and that's how we learn. So for you to dismiss their curiosity, even if the curiosity is out of anger or they don't because they don't want to do it. In that moment of being patient and taking the time to explain why they have to do it is essential. It allows you to reflect on why you ask them to do it. Because a lot of times we ask our kids to do shit that don't make sense. So it allows you to reflect and it gives them insight. And maybe that insight will allow them to want to do it more. Or you just answer that question and you taught them how to communicate. The because I said so gives you total power and control. And we have to move away from that parental power trip that we are on because you're teaching them to blindly follow somebody's authority and everybody's advice and authority is not going to be good for them. If a man was to touch your daughter inappropriately or ask her to perform an act on him. And she asks why, and he says, because I said so. She may think that that is a reasonable explanation for why she needs to do this because mom says that. And you know, I respect mom. Mom has some authority. Or if you shut her down enough times with her asking questions, she won't ever ask a question anything because I said so is taking away her personal power her ability to make decisions her ability to understand situations and make decisions on her own based on how she feels yes some situations are really this is just what we have to do. Mama does know best in some situations but if the child the daughter wants to know why it's happening what is it gonna take for you you know what is it really that big of a deal for you to explain if your boss came in and said, I need you to drive to New York tomorrow and do some shit that ain't in your job description. You gonna wanna know why. And what if you just say, cause I said so? Period. What, what kind of attitude are you gonna take with that? You're gonna be pissed off. Same goes with your daughter. She should be pissed off that you don't acknowledge my feelings. You don't acknowledge that I have a question that I want to answer to. I wanna know why. Or what's up with this? Or why we have to do this? Or why we have to move this way? Or, they deserve that. They're humans like they're not. Yes, they're small humans. And everything that we do, the way we communicate with them is how they will communicate with the world, or how they would allow people to communicate with them. So we got to cut out the because I said so. If you get to the point where you can't even answer the question, you need to reevaluate the the request. So cut that one out. Not because I said so. You want to have a, you want to have a conversation about this? We can. We still may have to do what I'm asking of you, but this is why. And even if they don't understand you, you, you humor them. There's no, there, you know, you're not losing. Number two. This is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites and people are not going to like this because mm, the I ain't one of your little friends moms. Mama, Ma, we gotta cut this shit out. Why? Because it's toxic. What, when you think about friendship, what does that entail? Friendships are about valuing each other's feelings kind of being there to validate, being that soundboard, being a safe place. I trust my friends. I love my friends. I root for my friends. They root for me. They support me. We hang out. We laugh, so we cry. We celebrate together. We cry together. Friendship is beautiful. There's so much value in having a friend. Why wouldn't you want to be your daughter's friend? That's kind of (laughs) silly. Me and my girls are friends, period. They come and they talk to me about all kind of stuff. Some of it makes me want to vomit. It makes me squirm. It's like, oh my God, like, how'd you even know that? Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that they can come to me. I'm glad that they feel safe with me. I'm glad that we can laugh till we cry. I'm glad we can go out in public and talk about people. I'm glad that I am their friend. Because when it's time to talk about the things that matter, I want to be that friend they can come to. I don't I don't want You know, I don't want Sarah telling you about boys. I don't want Sarah telling you you can't get pregnant from having sex on your period. I don't want Sarah telling you to go by Plan B from Walgreens. I want mom to say, hey, you having sex? OK, let's talk about that. Here goes some birth control. Here goes some condoms. This is the way you practice safe sex. You can get pregnant on your period. Like, I want to have that. So we establish a strong foundation right now as if, you know, because we're friends. So that when those things pop up, we can talk. My daughter had an experience that wasn't good. And she talked to me about it and we can move through that. So she doesn't have to unpack that sexual trauma later. She doesn't have to unpack the fact that somebody tried to touch her inappropriately, and she's not going to internalize that's it. not her fault because we got to talk about it. And it comes back up randomly, and we get to talk about it because she's comfortable enough with her friend, mom, to unpack it. We got to stop that because I think when we say that, we go back into this whole respect dynamic. You have to treat me a certain way because I'm superior to you. I don't feel like I'm superior to my kids. We're both humans learning and honestly, they're not as tainted and distorted as I am because I've seen things in the world. I've experienced some things that I'm not counting on them experiencing. So essentially they are pure. They're more pure than I am and I have a lot to learn from them. So we talk about this respect dynamic and. Nobody's being disrespectful to you. You are, you're being, you're, you're being self-conscious and insecure. You worried about how other people look at you when they see your kids interacting with you like that. Like we'll be out, we talking and like, you know, I'll say something that the kids maybe is maybe embarrassing to them. And my oldest daughter like, mom, shut up. That don't bother me because that's how I talk to my friends. That's how we talk to each other. She's not being disrespectful. She has an extreme amount of respect for me for so many different reasons. We've established that, but that's because I earned that. I earn that respect. So we gotta cut out the whole, I ain't one of your little friends. You, you gotta be a friend. You have to be. So next, number three, you don't need a man for shit. Hmm. Come on, mamas. That sound bitter, bitter and basic. We're not with that. It takes two humans to create a life. It takes two humans to sustain a life. Men are essential. Men are essential. I love me some man. Okay. They are essential, not only in the sexual realm or romantic relationships, but men have something that we don't they have a lot of stuff that we don't have. And we need that strength. We need that perspective. We need that balancing. We need that grounding. We need all of the stuff they got. They look to us for the nurturing and the softness and the kindness and maybe more the, the creativity and they are more the logic and we need that. That's how you achieve balance. You can promote independence with your daughters without demeaning the relationship between them and any kind of man. And you do this, you you create toxicity when you don't show them that they should value men or respect men. And that goes back to the choices that you make with the men that you have in your life. If you have men in your life that that don't deserve respect, that's on you. But don't teach them that men in general don't deserve respect. You just make bad choices when it comes to men. you got to stop telling them that promote independence. Yes, they should be financially independent because. That allows them personal freedom. That allows them to move as they want. That allows them to make choices based on their desires and not their needs. So, yes, I am a huge advocate for that. But the whole you don't need a man for shit is toxic. I was talking uh, recently to a friend of mine who said that her mother would say that. And she all she did was grind her whole life. Grind, 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 grind. I don't need to need a man for shit. I don't want to need a man for shit. I don't need a man for shit. And now she in her 40s and she. Doesn't know how to deal with men. Like, that's not what we want. You, you need a man. All men aren't created equal. Sorry. It's not how it goes. You're gonna, you're gonna get some, some bad apples, but if you go back into being a friend, you can help her navigate through that. When she comes to you with these bad apples, you can build her up. She knows how to communicate because we move past it because I said so. There's so many things that goes into this, but You are teaching her about the world and how to interact with the world. So you have to teach her now how to interact on a healthy level with men. They're essential. My some of my very close friends are males, and I don't know what I would do (laughs) if I didn't have them in my space. They give me so much perspective. They give me a lot of strength. They call and they when I need them and they're there and it's legit super valuable. So we got to stop with the you don't need a man for shit because you do. Men are essential and they are amazing. And we all need us some men. <laughs> Number four, stop trying to be grown. Hate this one, child. What does that mean? What is what does it mean to be grown? What Like, I don't even like that word. We grown. That don't mean shit. I know some 60-year-olds that still behave like children, and I have a 13-year-old that conducts herself as a young woman. So the idea of being grown is some bullshit. So what do you mean when you say that? When we say that to our daughters, what do you mean? I don't say that because I've always treated my daughters, well, I won't say always because I start off sketchy at first, but I treat my daughters like small humans I am essentially preparing them to be in the world. Everything has changed a couple of hundred years ago, maybe a hundred years ago. Women, girls, you got your period, regardless of what age it was, you got married and you had a baby, you was grown. Biologically, your body hasn't changed. We still start having our cycle, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14. And your body becomes a woman. Your hormones start to change. You start to be interested in boys. You start to have all these feelings. Hormones start to change your cognition and release all these other chemicals. And it's changing. You're changing. Your facial features change. Your voice change. Your body's changed. The way that you move and act changes. You're essentially becoming a woman. You grow. Because society says you're not an adult until they're 18. That's a rule they made up. So we have to stop with the uh, trying to be grown. Maybe your daughter is exploring her sexuality as she should, because that's what her body is telling her to do. Who's supposed to be our guide? You are. So instead of putting her in a position where she feels embarrassed about who she is, guide her. If she has on a tight dress and you think it's inappropriate, talk to her about it. Why do you think it's inappropriate? Cause men are going to be looking at her or your man's going to be looking at her. Who knows? Have a conversation about it instead of demeaning her. There's sometimes my daughter wears shorts and I'm like, whoa, those are kind of tiny. And we have a conversation about it. But truth be told, her legs are long. <laughs> and I can't control how people look at her. I'm not going to stop her self expression because somebody can't keep their ass to themselves. And her. Style has changed. She very, she wears oversized clothes now. I let her go through that. I didn't fight her on it. I let her go through it. It's really not a huge deal. Explore now so you can see if that works for you. If it, it does, and it doesn't, that didn't. She, so allowing them the space to explore themselves is essential. Last episode, we talked about self-love and that was some of that was self-exploration. Like, who are you? Fall in love with yourself. But you got to know that self first. You don't get to tell them who they get, to, who they should be. Because most of the time, we're not even like ourselves. And then you trying to tell her how to be happy and you're not happy. You're trying to tell her how to show up in the world and you're not even sure how you should show up in the world. So you got to stop with the being grown thing. Like, you should be the first one to facilitate that gateway into womanhood. That should be a celebration. That should be a, that should be celebrated. Like, Hispanics have the quinceañera, you, c- you essentially celebrating your womanhood. White people have sweet 16. We don't do shit. But tell our kids they, they acting grown. <laughs> we gotta stop. We got to start celebrating womanhood. We have to start being a guide and a facilitator into womanhood and empowering them to explore themselves and figure out who they are and be comfortable in their body. Like they're not being grown. they being human. Their um, ovaries is rocking. Society has changed and we just have to show them how to show up in the society that we live in now. Biology has not changed. Science has not changed. Society has. So, be kind, be gentle. But that goes into that that self-love. The kindness and the gentleness that you have with yourself. That's what you give to your daughter. So we got to do the work. And last but not least, number five, comparing them. That sentence that starts with, oh, look at Tina. Look how she dresses. Oh, look how she does in school. Oh, look how she talks to her mom. You got to stop that. Comparing, like you are creating a insecure woman. You are creating a woman who judges her value and her worth based on somebody else's scale. And that's what we're attempting to undo within ourselves. So why would you do that to your daughter? She is uniquely equipped with her own set of skills. She has a unique genius. And it's your job to help her. Find that it's your job to create space for her to explore. It's not your job to make her feel self-conscious because you're comparing her to somebody else who could be miserable, whose mom could be a piece of shit, whose family could be falling apart. You never know because somebody is naturally good at math. Doesn't make them a great human. Doesn't make them a great daughter. Doesn't mean that they're destined for success. So when you start comparing one child to the next child, or to their friends like that screws kids up and makes them feel self-conscious. I had this conversation with my daughter recently. Um, she didn't like it made her self-conscious when I praised one of my bonus babes about how smart she was academically. Now, I'm not going to stop that. There wasn't a comparison, but it it did. She acknowledged that it did make her feel insecure. And in that situation, that's more her projecting her insecurities to the outward world. I didn't do that towards her, but we got to have a conversation about her insecurities and her mental pictures and her unique genius and her emotional intelligence and shining and how she shines in a way that the other baby doesn't. And encouraging her to tap into what made her dope. Um, but. The comparison, like they do enough of that on their own. They don't need mom, their biggest cheerleader, to basically say, you're not good enough. You're not as good as somebody else. So we got to (laughs) stop. We got to stop. We got to be mindful. And I'm sure there's more things that we do and say that are toxic. And we just have to bring our awareness to it. We have to look at our daughters and see how our words affect them. When they're upset, Listen. Don't be defensive. If you hurt her feelings, you hurt her feelings. That might have not been your attention, but it happened. It's valid. Her feelings are hurt regardless if you meant to do it or not, and they matter. And you need to acknowledge them. You need to understand where she's coming from, or at least try to empathize. You know, some things you may feel is silly. That's her whole world. So we just got to be aware. Parenting is not always easy. but You have to be human as fuck and vulnerable and authentic and not better than your child, not smarter than your child. You're not. Sorry to tell you, you're not smarter than your kids. You just have more years to fuck up. So we just got to be we got to be patient. We got to be real. Like you are you are her teacher, her first teacher. You are teaching her how to live. So what kind of results do you want? All I want for my kids is for them to be happy with who they are. Create the life that they want. I might not like their life. It might not seem great to me. It's not for me. I ain't got to live it. So that's what we doing. We cutting out those five things because I said so. I ain't one of your little friends. You don't need a man for shit. Stop trying to be grown and look at so and so. Cut that shit out. <laughs> but as always, I am here for you guys. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know which one of these you use, why you use it. If it hit home. Ooh, if it hit home, child, how are we going to fix it? What kind of growth movement does that take? What do you have to get real with and within yourself in order to transform that? What are we doing? So hit me up on Instagram as always, as she is Jessica. Laurent L A U R E N T. I am also working on a private Facebook community. I have two. I just need to figure out which one I'm going to use. <laughs> so as soon as I get that all settled, I will have it somewhere, maybe on a website, justcolorant dot com or. Somewhere where you guys can get it, maybe my link tree, which you can find through Instagram, but it'll be up soon. So you guys can get into the Facebook community and chat like we we need to have conversations about this. You need to be surrounded by women who are simply trying to do their best. We trying to heal from abuse. We're trying to get back into the dating world. We're trying to be the best parents that we can to our daughters. That's a balancing act and finding that balance can be a struggle at times, but you need a community. So when you, when you, when you have those bad days or you don't know what you're doing, somebody can give you some insight or just support you and say, Hey, we all fuck up. We all human. We all, we all, we all we got. (laughs) So as always, I love you guys and I'll see y'all next week.